Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome back to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Today, I'm excited because I have Lucero Perez, who is an MBA grad from the class of 2016 uh, from the Texas McCombs School of Business. And I'm excited today to talk to Lucero and about her story from McCombs and really since she's graduated and moving on into the life after business school realm. So first and foremost, Lucero, thanks for being here today. I'm really excited to get to talk to you and to have you share a little bit more about your story. So I guess maybe just to start, so walk us through graduation. So I presume it's a pretty exciting time, certainly maybe some mixed emotions, but talk to me a little bit more about what was going on and what that felt like for you. Sure. It was a surreal experience because I worked so hard to prepare for and apply to business school. And then starting business school was a dream. And I think it took me a while when I was in graduation to realize that it was over and really what was happening. So I think experiencing a mix of emotions, gratitude, and a bit of nostalgia and some kind of like sadness that something that was so important and so big that I had worked so hard for was over, but also a pang of regret to hate Should I have done more? Should I have taken this other class? Should I have connected with more people? I think in general that the thing that wrapped everything up was gratitude and obviously kind of like a taco of Texas heat. Yeah. It it was a beautiful mix. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And as you maybe just to follow up there, as you think about, as you mentioned, it was something you were grateful for. And was there anyone in particular or who was either with you on the journey or who helped you on the journey, who you were particularly grateful for? Does anyone stick out from your experience who made an impact um, either leading up to getting into business school or throughout the experience? My husband, we weren't married at the time and he was working in Dallas. I was living in Austin and I think he would come like every other week and make me and my roommates dinner and go grocery shopping. So I think just that support system of him and then my family and friends outside of business school, honestly, to keep me grounded. Because I think once you're in this program and this experience, you're all going through the same thing. You're going after jobs and it's like this way of living. And sometimes you forget what the rest of the world is like. And so not only does my husband keep me fed and help me be healthy, but also keep me grounded. And my friends and family, I'm very grateful for them. Yeah. I'm sure your roommates appreciated getting meals from your husband as well. That's... Are you kidding me? They call him my boyfriend too. <laughs> our collective boyfriend. That's, that's super funny. That's great. Okay. So you graduate and you have, you're very grateful, a little sad, ready to start the next experience. So talk to a little bit about what was it like to, to transition out of business school back into the working world and into your first post-MBA job? Yeah, so it was strange at first, all because I had this amazing opportunity at business school where I hit a pause button and I went back to fully like learn and immerse myself in this um, environment that I had never been involved in because I 
grew up in southern Mexico. So it was a completely different experience for me. And then I took two months off after the end of my master of my MBA to travel around Mexico and Cuba. And so I think coming back to work and having a regular schedule was a significant change for me because I hadn't had that in over two years. But it was also exciting because I was meeting a bunch of new people and learning on the go. I was in consulting at Deloitte. And I think in some ways it was easier for me than for some of my peers because consulting has this kind of defined path at the beginning where you're staffed at a project, you do certain types of projects, and then you finish, move on to the next. I think in, in general, I got lucky because my first project was in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I had a really cool team that was composed of mostly women, very supportive, very intelligent. And also I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which was a dream location. So I think it was weird at first, but really a wonderful experience for my first job after business school. That's great. Could you talk a little bit more, maybe what were some of the exciting aspects of either being in that first job or just being in post-MBA life? And then maybe on the flip side of that, what were some of the, the challenging aspects of that as well? Yeah, I think it was exciting to get paid again. That was really great, but it was to have a steady paycheck. So that was one thing for me. It was also exciting that I was in a technology implementation project and I was on the part of organizational change management, which that was new to me in general, but I was in an industry that I had some experience before in public sector. So I think making that connection of something new with something old was exciting for me. And also it was exciting to come back to Deloitte. I had interned there and reconnecting with the people that I either interned with or that I met while I was there in the summer or my in between year one and year two of business school was great. And so you said, what's exciting? I think that was exciting. What was challenging is really, because I kept having that voice inside my head that said, is what you're doing good enough? Are you good enough for this? Are you a good fit for this? And like the normal imposter syndrome kind of question. That was really challenging for me. Yeah. So let's talk about that because I know that's not something that is something that you just faced. I know it's something that a lot of people face and mm -hmm. would love to just maybe know how did you navigate that or how did you work through that? Because I, I do think it's something that is really difficult sometimes to work through. And having worked in consulting, I also know that one of the things I think that makes it sometimes challenging about consulting is that when you, every time you get put on a new project, it's basically just another chance for imposter syndrome to come creep in, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think and your question was, how do you work through it? I think building rich relationships within consulting and, and sharing that with people, because at the beginning I felt I, I'm alone. Let's don't let them discover me. Like I, I probably was a bad hire, but then when you share that with other people, you realize that you're not the only one. And I think that is the first step to be like, okay, I'm not alone. And that feels so much better, but also acknowledging, Hey, this was a new experience for me. And when you experience something new, you probably are going to have some failings and you're going to learn. So like shifting that lens to, yeah, let's focus on what you did and celebrate that. Let's focus on what, what you, maybe you were, you made a mistake, but it was also acknowledged that it was a first experience for you. And let's make sure that you take that and then put it back into, Hey, how am I going to do it better next time? So kind of like that mindset of growth and development as opposed to, oh, you did it wrong. That's it. It's done. I think that's how I work through it, but it's a practice. I'm still working through it in my new job. Al. Yeah. I think we all are. I think we all are still working with it. Well, so one of the things that you said was you talked a little bit about the importance of relationships. And I also know that you, you mentioned you had been a summer intern at Deloitte and then before mm -hmm. coming back full-time, would just love to know just on that notion, how did I think in consulting, particularly like relationships, particularly at a big firm are like really important, but how did being able to come back to it in a full-time opportunity, having had that experience that previous summer, how did that help you particularly with things like finding, 
you know, good projects or finding the right people. And just, can you talk a little bit about just how all of that importance or, or that chance to have a couple months to build those relationships and meet people maybe helped onboard you faster when you did come back full-time for Deloitte? Yeah. So I felt the first thing I guess very tactical is I came back to use systems that I knew already. And then the principles of the organization, like kind of what is important for them, I knew because I learned over the summer. And so I think that part, I had that familiarity. And so it immediately helped me be like, okay, I know this place. I've used the systems. I've experienced some type of project that is similar to what I'm about to get into for my first project. So that was definitely helpful. And I think at least in consulting, and I wonder if this was your experience as well, it's all about relationships. And so my focus during the internship was to build meaningful, like genuine relationships, not just for, I want to get something out of you, but like, I'm generally curious about you as a person. And then coming back and reconnecting with those people that helped me find the job. So I think what I would say is, knowing uh, coming back to a familiar place helped to onboard quicker and going back to the connections that I had made that I felt like but this was a genuine connection and yeah. um, that also helped a ton yeah no I agree with both of those things and I part of the reason why I asked the question too is because I do know that within the context of a large corporation relationships really matter but also within the context mm-hmm. of a large management consulting firm they're really your ticket to finding the right projects or being able to to work on things that are interesting to you, but also to, from a performance management perspective and just building your own kind of brand and whatnot, they are really important. And so much of how you develop and grow, particularly within mm-hmm. consulting firms is relationship-based in terms of they are often the ways in which you do get those development opportunities or their stretch roles or being able to work on something that is really interesting. And it's, I think I'm fortunate too, in that I think like you, maybe I'm, I'm generally curious about people. So that stuff comes second nature to me, but I know that's not always easy for other people or not everyone looks at a large organization and is, oh, this is great. I'm going to meet all the, get to meet all these people. They might look at it and be a little intimidated by it. Yeah. So it's, it can be tricky, I guess, to be able to do that. Yeah. I agree. And just the point I'll add is I think it really helped me because I, I had the opportunity to st- start full-time after the MBA with some people mm-hmm. that didn't intern at Deloitte. And I could definitely tell that I was more comfortable Yeah, um, yeah. than they were. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. Just wanted to add that point. No. And I think you're right. And I think the other thing that comes with it is there is a, any job has a onboarding or ramp time, right? Like it does take time to yeah. get up to speed, but I do, and I'm probably biased because I, I worked in consulting for so long, but I do think that there is a little bit of nuance and uh, to the ways of working within the context of consulting that sometimes even take maybe a little bit longer or just are a little bit more uh, different. And I think that might also be some of the things that maybe you saw in terms yes. of the what, how you were able to ramp once you started full-time versus maybe someone who perhaps didn't uh, summer there and their learning curve that they had. For sure. Yeah. I also had a lot of help from new people that had been sure. there for longer and I didn't do it on my own, but I, I, yeah, it was a good opportunity to be able to compare myself to my peers that hadn't had that internship mm-hmm. experience and, and how I just got things a little bit quicker. For sure. So we'd also love to know, maybe going back into that first job, we often talk about what's the ROI of an MBA. I mean, there's people that will go and do the quantifiable benefits, but we'd just also love to know just from a tactical level, as you think back to that first job, what were some either experiences you had or examples where you could tell that your MBA had helped you either because of an experience or something you drew upon from uh, your time in business school, or just uh, what were some examples of how the MBA really helped you in that first job? Yeah. And so I think my MBA confirmed my belief that no matter how smart you are, you don't have all the perspectives. 
but you mm-hmm. cannot claim to have every perspective, have considered every possible experience, particularly as it relates to your customers. And you need those to create something successful. And I think that I already had an idea of that, but I think that was really clear to me in business school. So that experience and that belief helped me um, as I transition into my first job. And I also think it helped me, the, the business school experience with that infinite sense of curiosity to ask the right questions, take a beginner's mindset, because in business school, I come from a nonprofit public sector background. And so I was generally curious and be like, hey, I'm not an expert here. I'm a beginner in many of these topics that I'm taking classes on. And what questions do I need to ask? What experience am I having? And what experience with somebody that hasn't doesn't have knowledge in this particular technology that we were implementing right at Deloitte or this particular type of communication? Like what would experience be like? And what questions do we need to ask to make sure that we're understanding where they are? And I think that was super helpful. Yeah, for me, I went back to familiar territory because I was, I did some consulting before in Paris. And so I knew kind of what, that the process looked like, but definitely business school helped me be a little bit more curious and not think that I have all the answers. Yeah. And I think, again, like beating a dead horse here, but I think those are not only important for any job, but particularly for a job like consulting where Mm -hmm. there's always a little bit of this nuance in terms of obviously people hire consultants for their expertise, but particularly when you're coming in either at the undergrad or MBA level, a lot of times they're not necessarily always hiring you for your specific expertise in something, right? Like they're hiring you for your ability to learn or your ability to gain expertise rapidly. And to your point, and again, tying some things here together, I do think that's sometimes where the imposter syndrome comes in because you do, you feel like you're supposed to be the expert, but you are at a point, at least at that point when you're first starting out where you probably have in many cases, the least amount of expertise because you're just getting started and and you haven't ramped. And so it is this kind of nuance of, yes, they are hiring you for your expertise, but like collectively as a team, that's probably true for your specific role. I think at least early on, I think to your point, it is to be curious and it is to ask the right questions and it is to bring to bear the other resources or knowledge that exists and collectively work as a team to get there. And then over time, you start to build your expertise in a particular industry or, or function or whatnot. But I, at least, yeah, at least to me, that's where I feel like a lot of the imposter syndrome comes in, right? Yes, it is like many things can be true. Like you're yeah. feeling like you're an adequate, but you're also like, hey, I a beginner, I'm an external yeah. person that comes with an external view. So I should also ask what I guess you could label them dumb questions or just sure. simple questions, but hey, why is it done this way in a way? So I think if you want to take something that's positive from that, it's also, hey, let's ask basic questions because maybe these people have been, like your yeah. clients, for example, have been too much into this way of doing things, into this process, into this technology, right? That they don't even ask themselves like, hey, what, why are we doing it this way again? What is the goal? What's the purpose? And so I think that was it. The, I'd like to spin things positively <laughs> sometimes. <Yeah. laughs> so sure. I think that would be the positive spin, but for sure, being put in a new situation over and over again with projects definitely is, is not helpful for the imposter syndrome. For sure. Could you maybe also talk a little bit about just because, because consulting is just an industry where you, it is very people and relationship focused and team-based mm-hmm. and collaborative. Could you talk maybe a little bit about any experiences in business school that maybe helped navigate some of that, just because you are working with so many different teams and people like in a consulting environment, and you do definitely have the potential to do a lot of that in business school as well. Yeah. I think in general, like in 
looking back, business school is a bunch of projects and different topics together and with different teams. So I think starting from the core where we were assigned to a group of people to go through the first semester, I had a very different team. Like I I was the only woman to begin with. And then people were, had expertise in marketing and finance. I had some expertise in like change management in a way from my previous job and just public policy. And so I had also that perspective. I think learning to work with these people and communicate effectively and use the words maybe that they understand that was incredibly helpful. And then throughout business school and every class, different projects with different people and, and being comfortable talking to them and working with them from different backgrounds. I think that was the most the most invaluable experience. Like you can put a price tag to that. Yeah, you know? for sure. No, I like to say that business school is just one big group project or <laughs> rotating to your point, rotating sets of group projects. But no, I think that makes a ton of sense. So I want to switch topics just mm-hmm. to think more just about just general like life. So I would love mm-hmm. to just know from you what is with the benefit of hindsight and you know knowing what you've been through over the past couple of years and just mm-hmm. how you've grown both personally and professionally. What's something you wish you knew about this life post MBA? that you know now, but that maybe you didn't know before you started these, this past couple of year journey? Yeah. So I think it's that you don't have to know to the T what is the best possible path for you. Because I think they grill on us that like, hey, you have got to know what you want to do. And you have, if you're in consulting or investment banking, you're recruiting from day one. And I understand why they do that, but you don't have to know exactly what you want to do. Like it's more of a to me, it's, if you think that business school is a group project, then life after business school is an experiment to implement what you learn in that big yeah. group project, I think. You may decide, for example, for myself, I decided to pursue consulting and that was the right decision for me at the time, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do with the rest of my work life. And hey, that was a great experiment. I learned some things. I'm going to apply that to my next job and then I'm going to pursue something else because what I thought was maybe a good career for me for the next 10 years. It wasn't anymore. My needs changed. So let's try something new. And I think taking those U-turns sometimes it's okay. And that doesn't mean that you're a failure. I think that career is a long stretch that you can take features and experiment to confirm what you wanted is indeed what you wanted. Or even if you took some things uh, for granted from what you have and then want to come back. So I just think it's a one big experiment after business school. I really love that analogy that you gave and just in terms of uh, being a series of experiments. And I agree with you. I think one of the things that I always try to tell students when I get the chance is that for 99.5% of you, the first job you take out of business school is not going to be the last one. And for, and I'm living proof, you're living proof uh, I can count. I can just name off all the people I know who are living proof for that. And that might be true for industry, company, function, et cetera. So I think there's that element of it. And I think it's hard to sometimes believe when you're going through that because you're so focused on getting the job or getting the internship. So I understand why it doesn't maybe register as much, but uh, we all know that to be true. But I do love the idea and the notion of the experiment because there are a lot of possibilities that can happen. And it is hard to really predict too much of the future. There's just, it it just is. And I guess maybe on as a follow-up to that, Could you share either an experiment you had after business school or maybe something, a direction you went in that maybe you didn't think you were going to go in when you were thinking about this in business school? Or was there like an experiment that you, you had after business school that was maybe different than what you had imagined kind of like when you were in the MBA experience itself? Oh man, that's a good question. I think what I'm doing right now is an experiment after business school. I went through the Lloyd, that's, I thought that's what I wanted. And then I realized that I didn't. And 
I realized that also what I really wanted to do, be, I, I grew up in Mexico. And so I wanted to be able to work in Mexico and this position that I'm in right now at Workday, I'm a value manager. And so they hired me initially to focus in the Mexico territory because they were opening up shop. And it was a leap, right? Because I had been already a manager at Deloitte. I was managing teams and trying to figure out, hey, what is the next step for me? And I went to the side to try an individual contributor role to focus in Mexico, which is something that I was really passionate about. And so I think it's going, right? It's, it's been an interesting experience because I started in the pandemic and we can talk about that too. I started in April last year and so it's all been virtual. But I think that is one of the experiments that I said, hey, I want to work in Mexico. I haven't had the chance to do that at Deloitte uh, for several reasons and I want to try it out. And I'm willing to maybe take a step side or maybe a bit of a step down to try that out and to see if it's what I want to do and doing something completely different because yeah we call it internally business consulting services but it is different from what I was doing it's been great it's been a good learning experience and managing this whole thing with the pandemic it's also been part of the experiment I don't have final results yet now but I will let you know when I do sure for sure. And on that notion, I, I would love to know, because I think it's I think that's great that you decided to move to an individual contributor role because you you realized there was this other thing you could do to explore versus continuing on the path that you were going up. But could you talk maybe more about that decision? Like how like what made you excited about that or what was hard about that? Like you said, I think it's very, I think maybe very easy to like say, okay, now that I'm managing a team, the next thing for me is to manage two teams. Or now that I'm managing two teams, it's now it's to manage a full program. Now that I'm managing the full program, now I want to be the one to sell the program. And then because naturally that's the up and to the right. That's that's the curve that you're supposed to take versus like jumping off it and moving to a new one. So could you talk a little bit about making that decision or how that came about? Yeah. And so I think I, I like to give a lot of context. So stop me if I'm giving you enough. But last my last year at Deloitte, that was 20, gosh, it was 2020. But really throughout 2019, I realized that as I was going deeper into or had more experience as a manager managing one team, I'm like, okay, the next step, as you said, is managing two teams. I don't like my life right now as much. I like the way if you ask me to define myself, I would be telling you that I'm a consultant and I'm a lot more, much, I'm much more than that. And so I stop liking what my answer was to who you are or what do you enjoy doing? And also the path that I saw moving forward where I was, which was moving to the next level, the next tier in consulting. I just didn't know anybody that had a life that I wanted. I met a lot of people who were in that particular level and I just didn't, my life didn't resonate with them and it's not what I was pursuing. I had the great opportunity to take a long break. I went on a 10 a week honeymoon to Southeast Asia and uh, took a three month off, like three month leave of absence. And so I think I had a lot of chance to reflect into what I wanted to do, what I wanted my life to be like. And really what I wanted is I wanted a chance to work in Mexico, especially if I could make dollars, because let's face it, it's so much better that way. And I also wanted to have a life that would allow me time to pursue other interests and pursue other hobbies. And so I would not define myself through my work, but more through the relationships and the other impact that I had outside of work. And I think that was really clear to me. And so when I came back from that trip, I was still at Deloitte and I saw the job at Workday and I applied because they wanted somebody to work in Mexico to open up the practice. And I was going through the process. I think the other decision criteria that came in play was that the idea of being scrappy, right? Okay, we're starting, we're figuring this out. We are going to work closer together. We're going to wear multiple hats, but we're funded by a large organization that's really successful and focused on the development of their people. And so I think that was the last thing. I like that feeling of starting something new. I like that feeling of being scrappy and figuring it out. And so I think those three things 
did I say three, maybe? <laughs> Am I counting yeah. wrong? Yeah. You know, having a life that you enjoy, not defining yourself by the, by what you do at work. And then also having the, ex- the experience of starting something from scratch and figuring it out. I think that's, I think that's a great way to frame it. I really like that. So you brought it up. So I guess I have to ask you about it. Talk a little bit about starting a new job during a pandemic and just also just think, so talking about that, but also just thinking about in the context of what you said of just you, sometimes you prepare and you make the right decision based off the information you have. And then sometimes things change. And so how has that gone? It's going. <laughs> It was wild and I will be grateful to work there forever for doing so much to try to figure it out. I One of my round of interviews was in person and that was the one time that I met people at Workday. Then everything else has been remote. I haven't been able to travel to, to prospect sites to do the pitch. And so it just, it's been an isolating experience, honestly. And I'm trying to experiment. Okay, let's have virtual coffee chats with my colleagues to get to know them better because the way they speak about like the camaraderie and the culture of the the value consulting practice within within Workday. Hey, these are experiences before the pandemic. I don't have that kind of connection, that kind of experience. I cannot speak to that. And so how do I make sure that I feel connected, that I feel that I'm supported by my team while being remote? And so I think I've just been trying different, yeah, different approaches, mostly coffee chats and just like, hey, I don't know, you're in the same practice. Do you want to connect for 15 minutes and, and see what, what we're all about? And so that has been, I think, something that helped, but it has been a weird experience. And yeah, things have shifted, like organizationally, you have shifted resources, ways of doing things. And so I think, I guess, as an organization, we're figuring out how to sell in this environment because it, at the beginning, it was like, oh, this is temporary. And I know it's temporary, but it's extended for so long that we're like changing the way we do things. And I think it's exciting and terrifying at the same time. Like I'm learning how to do this job and then everything is changing now. Okay, yeah. good. Let's go. So yeah. um, that was a long answer, Al, but <laughs> no, that's pretty much what it's been like. No, it sounds like a journey and it sounds like you're rolling with the punches to the, as best as you can. And we're hopeful that at some point you will get to meet your colleagues in person. I think mm-hmm. we all hope we all hope that. So one thing I did want to ask you about is just this notion of success. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe where you are now, I'd love to know in your own words, what does success mean to you? Oof. Okay. So I think I would start with being, starting with work again, but with being involved in high value activities in general in work and life that bring me energy, reducing busy work as much as possible, understanding that there would be busy times at work that maybe I had to scale back at other things that I like to do, like my hobbies, and that's okay, but that also I have a way of supporting myself and my family, a job that allows me to have time to rest and to truly rest so I can be more creative and have time to pursue hobbies. I think I'm switching my lens into thinking that work is just that and we can have an impact and it's great, but it's just a job and that I want to make sure that I, in my life, have time to do that job, but also to pursue other things that I'm passionate about and rest so I can be creative. I think that's, it's not balanced, but it's figuring out the flow of work and life. I, I really like that description. And I'm just curious, how do you track or manage to, or figure out if you are like working towards that versus not there where you want to be? And then maybe being able to course correct, do you have anything that keeps you honest or that you keep as a kind of almost like a, a checkpoint, if you will, just to make mm-hmm. sure that you are working towards what you want to be working towards in terms of that vision of success? I think I pay attention to myself 
myself and my body and my reactions, right? Like to, to how I feel throughout the day. And then especially at the end of a workday, how I, how I feel and in, in the weekend, do I feel like I have time to do something or do I feel like I'm just resting because, but resting in a sense, like I'm, I'm exhausted. I don't even have time to think. So I pay attention to my body and my emotional reaction to what I'm doing. And also having a partner, having my husband here and being together all this time is a good barometer of, hey, of saying, hey, you're complaining too much or hey, you don't have energy. You, we haven't done, we practiced yoga together. So we haven't found time to practice yoga because you don't even want to talk about that or like even think about it. Uh, I think that's a good way for me to measure. Hey, if I'm having many days like that, I need to step back and make a change because that's not what, that's not what I want my life to be like. And so I think paying attention to my body, my emotional reaction throughout the day, and then also at the end of the day, and then sharing that with my husband, I think has been how I keep myself in check. I think those are all very great ways to keep uh, keep yourself honest. Musara, thank you so much for being here today. I guess before we close out, I guess last question for you. So for soon-to-be or recent MBA grads, what advice do you have for them just in terms of navigating life after business school? What an exciting time, right? It is a great place to be, I think, when you're about to graduate. And I think what I'll tell, and what I tell anybody that I connect with, it's be curious as you're graduating and transitioning into the world of work, be curious about the work, be curious about the business. Like what, how does a business make money? What, is, what are the customs, the internal norms, the what's spoken, what's not spoken, and also take time to get to know your colleagues personally. I'm, I guess, a relationship builder. And so I think be curious about people generally, about what they care about, what their life is like, not just the work, but outside. Be patient because you don't have all the answers and don't assume that you do, but also don't beat yourself too hard for not knowing. Just acknowledge when you're going through something new. Tell yourself that this is something new for me, that it's okay to make mistakes because I haven't been through this before and just dig deeper and try to different approaches to something like experiment. Once you come across the same problem, same type of project, more than once. So that's be patient with yourself and be patient with the approach that you take. And finally be humble, experience the experience is just, I have a lot to learn and that's okay. That's fine. I actually am looking forward to learning that. And I think to borrow from, I spent some time at Teach for America and Teach for America, Dallas, Fort Worth, that region. And something that I remember from their values is something that I would like to share that you are powerful yet unfinished. So be curious, be patient and be humble. Wonderful advice, Lucero Perez. Thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing your life post business school. I really appreciate your insights. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure joining you all. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.